Hey, what's up? Welcome to our Three Strand Podcast. Today we're talking about the expectation people put on churches, but today I'm also with our executive pastor here at Steel Creek. Who are you? Tell us who you are, dude. So I am Jason, Jason Wilson. It's, hey, Jason. Um, uh, hello. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm uh, 35, two kids that are in middle school. My wife's name is Jennifer, um, and we're having a really good time at Steel Creek. Been here about a year. I love it. So we got the executive pastor sitting with us today, having a conversation on church expectations. Stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. Quick VT does. This episode is on YouTube. So if you're a visual person, tune in on YouTube, or it's also audio. If you like to work out and run while you listen to podcasts, it's on Spotify as well. Stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. Right. When you walk into a building or, or maybe they're searching online to go to a church to figure out where they want to go. And then they come in and they have this list of expectations. The people have to look like this. They have to treat me this way. The pastor has to wear this. They have to sing these songs. The pastor has to say these certain words, whatever it may be. And they have these lists of expectations. But then when they come into the building and the church doesn't meet that criteria, so to speak, then they dip out and they're like, oh, you know, church sucks. They, some people hurt my feelings. Some people sin. Some people messed up. This pastor messed up now and then I can't come to church. So just off the bat, how would you address that? Like if somebody came into the building with a mental checklist in their head saying, hey, a church has to meet these criteria, the people in the church have to meet these criteria, and then the church fails to meet those criteria, is that on the church for failing to meet them, or is that on the person for having that list? Well, you say? I think with, as in most things, there's a, there's a spectrum. Yeah. So you're all the way to the right, you're all the way to the left, and I think you need to go somewhere in between. So... I just put myself in the position just for a second. Think about being someone who is visiting churches. What am I looking for? Is it a negative thing to walk into the doors of any church with a list of expectations? I don't think so because yeah. there are some um, non-negotiables that you need to be looking for. Yeah. Do they preach the gospel? What is the preaching style? Are they ex- are they exposing the word and scripture um, as it's written, mm-hmm. um, as it should be translated? To be looking for those kinds of things. I have a family. So I'm automatically going to be thinking about, okay, where do my children fit here? Is there a place for my family to feel comfortable here, to worship here? Yeah. Um, I think those are good things. Now, if you um, are walking in and, and trying to look through the eyes of grace into many people who would, mm-hmm. so to speak, shop yeah. for a church. Or um, hop, church hopping. I'm going to yeah, go church hopping. Yeah. 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 But if I'm looking for a place where my family will be, um, you know, I think, but there's also a sense of calling mm-hmm. that you have to think about in, in your own prayer closet. It's really the approach when I show up to church, what am I showing up for? Am I showing up to serve or to be served? Mm. So I think that's on the spectrum too, but just thinking through the eyes of a father and a husband and a man, what am I looking for in a church? And I don't think it's a negative thing to walk yeah. in with some expectations that are these people on fire or are we just here? Mm-hmm. Um, but then through the eyes of um, just a church member, as a Christian, I should also be approaching the moment to say, what can I bring? Yeah. What are the gifts that he's given me no. that I can um, walk into the doors of the church and to serve him? Because that's different, right? A lot of times yeah. people walk and say, hey, I want this. I want to be served this way. I want to be yeah. treated this way. Yeah. First, with that different mindset of, hey, how can I serve? Yeah. What can I bring to support this this group of people, this church, yeah. this fellowship? That's a very different perspective when yeah. you walk into the building with that perspective. But that's yeah. a rare perspective, too. Yeah. Right? And it does play into when I look at how everyone is dressed. I mean, that does play into do I fit here? Mm. Is there a sense of belonging 
within this portion of the body of Christ. You know, yeah. if I walk in and everyone is wearing a suit and and we're very regimented in the way that we do things. Um, and I come from, again, a grace of place or place yeah. of grace yeah. in this because I really have served and been in both sides of the spectrum where I'm on staff mm-hmm. and I'm told you have to wear a coat or a tie on a Sunday or yeah. even on a Wednesday. Anytime you touch the stage, you have to be in a coat and a tie. Mm-hmm. And then when you do that, it kind of sends a message across the congregation that this is what we believe is acceptable. Yeah. So, um, but man, should we be as so superficial as to choose a church based on solely what people are wearing? Yeah. Surely not. But then it also does speak to kind of environment and culture um, and what people are placing um, in a position of importance. Yeah. And I think that's where you do meet um, if people are seeking for a place of belonging, expectation and reality mm-hmm. in that place may not come um, together. Yeah. So, and I don't think that that is always a superficial decision. Mm. But I think there are markers when you walk into a building, am I going to fit here? Yeah. There are some markers that are on the surface. Yeah. So now how important... speak to that. So you got the the biblical standards, the theological, non-negotiable things, but then when it starts to get the petty stuff. Right. Right. Yes, I may fit in here. That's cool. But then maybe I find a church that I fit in, you know, meets the checks off the biblical standards. I fit in well. There's a great community. Then, you know, the pastor messes up and there's a scandal here. These people in a leadership position, uh, they just got a divorce. And now that just screwed up my whole perspective of the church or the people I'm with. Right. They were mm-hmm. spreading drama and they were talking stuff. And now it's like, man, is this supposed to be a church? And then that. Yeah. So that petty expectation almost or the human expectation. Yeah. The human so factor. I think in that where you have to kind of define what group of people are we talking about? Like, did I just move to a new city and I'm looking for a church? Yeah. I'm looking for a sense of belonging. Um, or was there a drastic life change and I'm looking for a place? Yeah. Or am I here established serving in a church? I'm part of the body of Christ. Am I saved or am I not? Mm-hmm. So I would think to someone who is not saved, who is seeking the list of kind of, what we might call acceptable expectations are yeah. going to be completely different yeah, no, than sure. someone who is in Christ. Now, the reason that I mentioned that is because in my mind, as I hear you speak, I'm thinking if I'm saved and I'm a part of the body of Christ, I'm a living stone in the capital C church. Then really that is a mindset of maturity that we should yeah. be longing for that. I'm saying, what can I bring? How can I um, bring something of value to the church and not just show up with the expectation of um, what can the church bring to my children and my family, but really I should be entering how can I serve and how can I belong yeah. in these people. Now, to move from there and to be a discipler of my own people at home mm. because the church should be um, to Christian people a resource, a place of gathering, a place of congregational and collective worship yeah. and service and giving that we're all here, not as a country club, yep. but as a member of a living society. So someone who is already a, a Christian should be moving toward that place of maturity. Now, I say all of that to say when there is a moral failure, when mm-hmm. there is an upset, I, I, don't, I haven't met many people along the way in a church who haven't been hurt in some some yeah. way, whether by a leader, whether someone that they cared about. And It goes back, and you have to speak to the question of why am I here? Mm -hmm. Um, 
And just to dip into my own personal testimony, I mean, these these terrible things happened when yeah. I was young and in my faith. And um, in the context of the church and somewhere along the way, and I think all of us have to reach this point. Mm-hmm. If you're going to walk in maturity and be in Christ and be a Christian um, and be in the church and an active member of the church, you have to solidify who called me here and why am I here? Yeah. Um, because so many times there are big personalities and there's people that mean so much to us and they sacrifice for us. We see, um, mm-hmm. they pray for us and we see them as a spiritual leader in the church, but I'm called to Christ. Yeah. Christ is the head of his church. People are people and will always fail. So our faith cannot be placed. Our confidence and hope cannot be placed. I will say in a person or a group of people, mm-hmm. Because sooner or later they will fail. Yeah, they will they're upset human, right? You, human, right? Humans fail. Humans fall yes, short in some way, right. and there's yeah. got to be grace for that. Not yeah. that we want to look at a church and see that hypocrisy just openly runs rampant, and that yeah. there's you know that gets into the mode of these are non-negotiables. We need to be a people mm-hmm. who are not perfect but faithful, faithful to the truth, faithful yeah. to the life of Christ, but understanding that all of us can see one another through the eyes of grace and mercy, and understand that people fail. Yeah. Um, and I look at it like um, if I go to school and I'm really passionate about school and I'm showing up to class and my professor has an affair with maybe even a student, something crazy, yeah. and I don't stop going to school. Yeah. And the powerful thing there is, well, why? Mm-hmm. Because I love and respect that professor. I had a whole lot of regard for that person. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm not here for that person. I'm here to be educated. Yeah. I'm here. I show up for school right, yeah. to be educated. If one of my children gets hurt at school, I don't I don't get hurt or they don't get hurt. And then I pull them out of school. They yeah. still go to school because they're there for an education. They're not there for primarily mm. social yeah. environment. Does that happen at school? Yes. Mm-hmm. Does it happen at church? Yes. Yeah. Do we love our teachers? Yes. Do we expect and trust that we can trust our leadership in the school and principals? Yes. Same thing with the church. We expect that these people are competent, mm-hmm. that they are faithful. But then when they don't, why it, it it's almost a positive thing when something like that happens around us because it solidifies our faith in Christ. Yeah. And not in the place of a church that or we, a certain person or a certain building. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. So now what about the person? Because that is a, a different spiritual maturity level, right? Now what about the person maybe not saved yet, church hopping a little bit, trying to figure it out, and you have these these theological uh, or the Bible standards, so to speak, that checklist that that checks out. But maybe they're not saved yet and they don't have that that servant mentality. Like, hey, I want to show up to this building. I want to serve. I want to feed and not be fed, so to speak. Yeah. What would you, how would you speak to that? I would speak to it. Leave them alone yeah. and let them yeah. be fed. Let yeah. them do what they're doing because um, we're, we can't be the Holy Spirit. Come on. You know, and, yeah. and that's the things I remember. And again, this is my own personal testimony, but I believe um, – Scripture bears it out that there are some natural things that take place mm-hmm. um, in the life of someone who truly becomes saved. Yeah. You know, all the old things are gone. Yep. New things are there. New desires begin to come up. And that person, and we should be encouraging them to follow those new desires, to follow that new way, yeah. to stay on the new path. And then there is... in. I would say most people that really genuinely have a salvation experience, there is a hopefully not untapped 
um, desire to serve. Yeah. Might not be the same for everybody, but I remember that being a really strong mm. um, desire in me. Like, I want to get my hands in this. I want to be yeah. in it. I want to be in the word. I want to be in prayer. I want to serve in the church, you know, and, and um, so, so yeah, I think we should leave those folks alone and let the Holy Spirit lead them and guide them. Yeah. Um, let him show over time what their giftings are, how they can serve, how they can be. Um, That's good. So kind yeah. of switching tracks here, sure. same same principle of church expectations. So now what about you've been going to church for, for a hot minute, it's been good, but then you just feel like you're not growing anymore. Because I've heard that a lot of times with people leaving the church, be like, hey, I just want not growing here anymore. Yeah. Because either they failed expectations or maybe they're just sitting on the sidelines and don't want to get involved, so they weren't growing. But it's just that, that phrase of, oh, I didn't grow at this church anymore, so I'm going to go hop around. And then not grow at five other churches that I go to. How would you address that? Um, maybe not a hundred percent of cases. That's that's why yeah. my my um, my pause for thought. Yeah. But just my initial reaction to that in my own life and in the lives of people that I've experienced this with. Yeah, yeah. I'm not growing here. I'm not. That typically seems to be um, a symptom of a deeper problem. Mm. Within the church or the person? The person. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that things can't be lax at church and whatever. But yeah. I would say a majority of the time, um, maybe you got saved and you're getting the bulk of your spiritual nourishment mm -hmm. from church and church activity. Yeah. So whether it's serving somewhere on the weekend or it's a midweek or a Sunday service or the worship that you experience. Um, and, and I think most of us would experience that at a really high level when you yeah. first get saved or maybe there's um, just a season that you're going through, like you really are pushing in and you feel the presence of God and in worship and in you're really getting something from the sermon and you're, but you know, I think, and I'll speak to it in this way. Why is it, let's go back to school. Yeah. Let's go to a math class. Okay. I was great at math, so yeah. yeah. Okay. English, not so good. So, but, you know. let's go to a math class. Yeah. I remember there was a moment in my life, like in an Algebra two class. Mm -hmm. Hated math. Yeah. And I was in low-level maths with a bunch of people that didn't Sorry, pay attention. Sorry, we still love you. We don't judge you for that. I'm just saying. And with a bunch of people <laughs> yeah. that did not pay attention. Yeah. Um, and it was just tough. And I never really excelled at math in high school until I got into an Algebra two class, mm -hmm. which is you know, if you're going through the progression, that should yeah. be like the worst one yeah. at that point. And I remember that was the moment for me, though, that it clicked. I was in it. Like, I was excited. Mm -hmm. Such a weird concept to show up <laughs> yeah. to a math class because I was getting it and I was rolling with mm -hmm. it and, and I was in it. And some of that, the conditions in the classroom were right, right? Yeah. That the conditions were there and they were set properly. Mm -hmm. But the other half, to me being able to connect and to understand and to really get from that math class yeah. was me showing up with that attitude. Mm. Yeah. I show up with an attitude that I'm going to get this. I'm yeah. going to figure this out You automatically check out before you, you got That's in. That's the thing. Yeah. And I think with me as a Christian, take me out of the pastor role, take me out of a father and a husband take me out of all the roles and it's just me and God. It is my responsibility to show up to his presence with that attitude every day, yeah. or at least with an attitude that I come into your presence. I come into the throne room because I have access and I spend that time with God. And then I bring that, yeah. that is genuine to the church 
which is an environment that has been created that I can plug into. But if I come to the environment ready, if I come to the environment expectant, um, come into the environment um, with that attitude, yeah. The good. chances of something being there worthwhile of eating for a special meal mm-hmm. are pretty yeah. high. It's like a two-sided coin, right? The church yeah. has a responsibility of giving that atmosphere and environment. Sure. We don't uh, want to show up right. and, and we didn't even think about Sunday until Sunday, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, that's going to show. And yeah. there's not going to be much of an environment there to glean from because yep. we're just shooting from the hip and just doing whatever it feels good, you know? Yeah. Um, and haven't really put thought into God, what would you have us to do this week? But if I personally don't show up, mm-hmm. you know, or if I do show up in a way where I've not been growing myself. Yeah, but then that's where people, they put the expectation on the church to show up for yes. them versus in themselves. Yeah. Right. And it's hard to, and I used to say this when I was leading worship. It's really difficult to lead a group of people into the Holy of Holies in worship mm-hmm. that hadn't been there all week. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the thing is like, okay, because the, the indicator to that is forgive me but we're singing all hymns or we're not singing enough new stuff or that's not my style or that's not my weight all of that is preference all of that is coming from you and really there should worship is this heart that bleeds just to be in his presence you know so you could beat a spoon in a table yeah come on i can worship to it if i'm in it you know um so i think that's really where the sticking point for that is that when someone is to kind of diagnose, it's important to take a step back personally and say, okay, why do I yeah. feel like I'm not growing here? And is it that I'm not growing in this church or is it I'm not growing personally? I'm not, mm. I'm not in it and I'm not, yeah. I'm not growing. And therefore that's kind of littering everything else in my life, yeah. you know? Um, so I think, um, yeah, you, you just have to make sure that you're showing up for yourself yeah, and that you're in his presence on a regular basis. Um, and then to understand I can feed myself. Yeah. He is the shepherd. I'm the sheep, you know, yeah. like the whole concept good. of needing a man mm-hmm. or an under shepherd to lead me mm-hmm. to the food. I have access today. You yeah. know, I don't need you to read the word for me. I don't need you to pray for me. I don't, and I'm yeah. not saying no, no, no for yes, sure. We yeah. need one another. I, so don't get me wrong. We need the church. But at the end of the day, just like with physical food, mm-hmm. whose responsibility is it to eat today? Yeah, it's not on it's not on anybody else. It's Don't look me. at me, I can't yeah. feed you, you know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'd feel cool if so, you fed me. Yeah, yeah, right. So um so that's the that's but good. I do think through the eyes of grace again, there could be these scenarios. You're showing up and you've shown up ready and you want to worship and you could just be in the middle of a congregation that is just disengaged, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of just spinning their wheels. So when we open the word, it's very um lethargic or it's very um, there's no fire like you said you talk about and right? that's, no yeah so that's the thing is that yeah. that's a that's the other side that yeah. you can't put everybody that says that in the same category that says well if you're not growing mm-hmm. um at your church you're not being fed that's then, true, yeah. then you're not right well there is the flip side mm-hmm. but i think as a mature christian and it, it's a you bear a responsibility then of praying god send your fire yeah do this lead me away if that's what it is or that we take that into his presence and wait for an answer that's good you know, and do so to recap has, yeah looking for a church we got that spectrum so to speak right of the the bible standards theological stuff mm-hmm. non-negotiables 
Then on the other drastic side, the the petty stuff, hey, is this pastor wearing skinny jeans or a suit? Is the worship leader wearing a hat? And a hat? You got all the petty stuff. Yeah. And then finding that sweet spot in between. Yeah. But then with the the saved Christian, having that that servant's heart mentality, walking into the building, saying, hey, how can I serve? How can I feed? Mm-hmm. How can I? They've done the work Monday through Saturday, feeding themselves so they can pour it out to other people on Sunday. But then on the flip side, you got the unbeliever, right? Just walking in, trying to experience it, test it out, and to just leave that person alone, right? Yeah, and you think thing. about it, they are not the church. Yeah. What is the church? The church really should be a place mm-hmm. for his people. That's right, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And his people are humans, right? So when humans mess up, they're humans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's good. So really, I mean, a new believer should be coming in, and maybe they're looking for some sort of a, I don't know. I mean, hopefully we're not selling any sort of entertainment. Yeah. But if you showed up, that's a whole other conversation. That balance yeah, between entertainment yeah. and gospel driven and finding that sweet spot in yeah, the middle. Yeah, so not to go too far with that. But I mean, yeah. if you show up to the church looking for entertainment, hopefully, yeah, you don't find it. You know? Yeah, come on, <laughs> you know? no, for sure. You, know, you find community, you feel like you community. belong. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but not through the way yeah. of entertainment, but through the gospel. You but find if somebody that's an unbeliever shows up for that, yeah, leave them alone. You yeah. know, yeah, leave yeah. them alone. Yeah, Maybe no, they'll. Sure. I remember. I mean, they'll sing Amazing Grace. Yeah, those you know entertain the heart out. Yeah, come on, but I. I was just there. I don't know what to do. Yeah. When I first got there, my yeah. family wasn't saved. I was 15 years old. Grew up in a whole bubblegum pop or kind of like emo era, whichever one you, <laughs> you know, landed in. Yeah. I went into a Pentecostal church that was singing nothing but hymns. Mm. But that drew me in. I saw these people with their hands raised. I didn't understand. Um, and in that particular church, someone was speaking in tongues. I had no idea what was going on. I just yeah. thought they were Spanish speakers. <laughs> Come on. Um, I'm so serious. Yeah. Like they're really, you know. <laughs> But there was something about that moment. I was yeah. sitting in the pew. I don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody. But they were worshiping so intently. I felt the presence of God fall on me. You know, yeah. I felt him calling me. And it only took two weeks. And I was like, that's what's up. I got to cool. surrender. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our Three Strands podcast. If you made it to the end or if you just skipped to the end, either way, it's cool. Appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to check out some other episodes to share with some friends so you can get some more knowledge and tune in on some other conversations that are amazing. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Three Strands Group. This way you can figure out when we meet. We're based in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. We want you to join a community, all college age people. It doesn't matter. Follow us on Instagram, Three Strands Group, so you can get the address, times, and location of when we meet and you can join a community.